Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. That is God's will, always, for us to not be defeated, not be overcome, but overcome, to triumph, to win. The scripture said, He always causes us to triumph. If you would get your Bible and get something to make some notes with, come on into the classroom with us, and we're going to pray and release faith that the Lord would give us exactly what we need today. Only He knows. You know, you can think you know the main thing and what you want to talk to Him about, but smart people would ask Him what He wants to talk to you about, because that is the most pertinent. Father, we ask you, all of us together, agree, touching this, asking you for the anointing that teaches, that reveals and guides, asking you for answers, asking you for guidance and direction for right now. And we ask you for eyes and ears and hearts that can see, hear, and receive. By faith, we lay hold of answers today. And we say, Lord, Get glory to yourself in our lives in every way, uh, for you're worthy and deserving of all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Would you turn, please, in the um, scriptures, our great textbook, the Bible, to two openings, Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 7. We've been on a topic for some um, weeks now. Uh, that we're calling Faith for Healing. Faith for Healing. If you haven't been with us, um, we spent weeks and weeks in the book of Hebrews 11 talking about what faith is, how it functions, how it acts and reacts, and it would it benefit you to go back and, and spend time with that. It won't cost you anything. It's all available online. And then what, having uh, laid that foundation now, we are teaching about faith for a specific area. Uh, it's great to understand what faith is and how it works. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Faith is how God himself functions. That's one of the most amazing things. It's how he created the universe. It's how he functions. And he requires us to function that way too. And really it's the only way to, to function in creative power and life and light. It's the only way. Now, the enemy, the devil and his crew, has distorted and perverted uh, what God has. The devil cannot create anything good. All his bunch have done is distort and pervert. And so instead of operating by faith, they operate by fear. And fear uh, is in connected to uh, death and is con connected to destruction. 
whereas faith is connected to light and life. Hallelujah. God is light. God is life. God is love. And faith is how he functions and how we interact with him. And so uh, we see that, you know, faith is required. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But when it comes to each area of our life, faith must be developed in that area. You could have strong faith that you're saved. You could be fully persuaded that if you died right now, you'd go to be with the Lord. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life and yet have no faith for healing. You could have strong faith for healing and yet have no faith to get your needs met because Faith has to be fed in each area and, and developed in each area. And so um, these bodies that we have, thank God for them, they're amazing. But having uh, been born into this world and earth where the curse is, everything's affected by the curse. Everything is not quite perfect since sin and death entered in. And um, we're going to need some quickening and some healing in our bodies to make our full lifespan and be able to run our entire race. Um, if you read Psalm 91, you see that he talks about uh, in, the, in the last part of the psalm, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation, Psalm 91, 16. But how did he get to that? If you back up to the first part of the psalm, he talks about the arrow didn't get me and the pestilence didn't get me. Disease didn't get me. Violence didn't get me. Uh, and the angels kept me. And no plague will come near my dwelling. That's how you made it to long life. <laughs> Can you see that? There's a thousand and one things that are trying to take you out every day, every week, every year. But by the Lord's mercies and grace, if we'll walk in faith, He'll sustain us. He'll keep us until we can run our entire race, finish our course with joy, and leave here having accomplished what we were supposed to accomplish in this life. It's sad that billions of people are born, live, and die never do what they were supposed to do on the earth. That's a sad fact because they got no time for God. Many of them don't even believe in Him. They don't, they don't seek Him. They don't seek His plan for their life. But those who do, oh, praise God, they redeem their time and they make good use of their days and their opportunities. And in order to serve God fully, you need a healthy body. I mean, I couldn't be here ministering to you today if I didn't have a certain amount of strength, certain amount of health, right? right. Had to be able to uh, get here on my own, and <laughs> be able to study, be able to think well, be able to wave my hands around and preach to you, <laughs> right? You had to have some strength class to get here. Uh, you need health just to accomplish the will of God. And the enemy knows this. 
And you'll find two areas that the enemy is always trying to steal from you in. I wish it wasn't this way, and it's not a nice thing to think, but it's just a fact. He's a thief. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. And he's always trying to steal your health and steal your material provision. Because if he can keep you sick enough, he can keep you from doing the will of God in your life. If he can keep you broke enough, he can keep you from, can you see that? He can keep you from being able to go anywhere, do anything. But oh man, if you're healthy and strong and you got plenty of money, look out. Is that right? We can, we can, we can do the will of God. We can go where we need to go. We can do what we need to do. And this is not just something I'm going on about. Do you remember when God delivered his first covenant people out of Egyptian bondage? The scripture says he brought them forth with silver and with gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. What does that mean? Healed with money in their pockets. Can you see that? Ready to do the plan of God ready to fulfill the will of God. And so uh, uh, you want to feed your faith on a regular basis in the areas of healing and in the areas of abundance, of provision, healing and provision. You don't want to go long without hearing something that's stirring you up, nourishing you up, helping you to be settled, fully persuaded. It's God's will for me to be healed. Settled, fully persuaded, it's God's will for all my bills to be paid, for us to have everything that we need. Can you say amen, class? Amen. Well, look with me in Matthew, the 8th chapter, and then we're going to go over to Luke, the 7th chapter. In our study of faith for healing, we uh, are looking one by one at the 20 individual cases of healing that are recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you look at all the scriptures on the subject, Jesus spent a lot of his time ministering to the sick and the oppressed. Well, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did that then, that's what he wants done now. And we have verses that says that he, he ministered to crowds, great multitudes, the scriptures said. Well, that's thousands, uh, probably tens of thousands, if you're saying great multitudes, plural, and sometimes it says everybody there got healed. Everybody that was sick got healed. That's a lot of people that got healed. And sometimes it says everybody he laid hands on was healed. Everyone that touched him out of a big crowd was healed. So there were thousands of people that got healed in the ministry of Jesus. I think sometimes people forget that. Uh, but Thousands of people got healed, got delivered, got set free. And yet, we're not told anything about most of them, just that a bunch of people got healed. But in, in 20 cases, we're told who they were, what was wrong with them, how they received. And so we're studying those one by one, and I'm convinced that any question you have about healing, whether it's receiving healing or ministering healing, it's answered in these 20 cases that the Holy Spirit handpicked and recorded for us for every generation. We've studied the first one, the healing of the leper. We studied the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. We studied the healing of the paralyzed man. Uh, 
We studied the healing of the nobleman's son. And we studied our last one, the healing of the man with the withered hand. Five different ones so far. And those are available online. If you didn't get them, go back and get them so you catch up with us. And we're down to number six today. Number six in our study of these individual cases, the healing of the centurion's servant. The healing of the centurion's servant. And we, it's recorded in Matthew and Luke. And we're going to read both of these. Matthew 8, verse 1. When he, Jesus, was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. That's that phrase we we're just talking about. A multitude was a lot of people. A great multitude was even more people. Great multitudes, <laughs> plural, is even more people. These are thousands of people. He had big crowds. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, this is the first uh, account we've already studied, but I'm reading it because it ties right in with the next one. Uh, in, it's not, uh, shouldn't be surprising to us that one of the first things we needed to deal with was, is it his will? Because still you got most of the church stuck there. To this day, uh, most church-going people are not convinced that it's always God's will to be healed. Most church-going people are not persuaded of that. And until you get that settled, you cannot have faith to be healed. Cannot. If you're questioning whether it's God's will for you to be healed or not, that, un, that takes away the foundation of your faith. Faith is not based on nothing. Faith is based on something solid. Faith is the substance. That word can be translated foundation of things expected or hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith uh, is based on something solid. Abraham was fully persuaded. So he wasn't questioning whether it was God's will for him and, and Sarah to have a child or not. Now there was a point where both of them laughed and questioned it, but they got past that, <laughs> right? And they got it settled until he got to the place, and apparently she did too, because we noticed she has her own verse in Hebrews 11, Sarah does. So both of them got completely persuaded that it was God's will for them to have this child, even though it seemed impossible, and that he was absolutely able to do it. And so to have faith for healing, you've got to be fully persuaded that you're no longer asking questions about it, fully persuaded that it is God's will for me to be healed now. Why don't you try that out loud, class? Say it out loud. It is, it is God's, will God's will for me to be healed, to be healed now. Somebody said, well, I, I don't understand that. If it was God's will for you to be healed, you'd be healed, right? Well, if it was God's will for you to be born again, you'd be born again, right? No. You've got to believe it, and you've got to receive it. You could say the same thing. If it was God's will for your sins to be forgiven then they'd be forgiven. Well, he has done it, but you have to receive it. And you receive it by faith. So no, you got, you got to get it settled. 
A lot of people, you know, a lot of church-going folks and Christians are, are settled that it's God's will to forgive them all the time. They don't question that. And that's why they receive. So you've got to stop questioning God's will about healing. And the only way you can do that is get it answered from the Word. Well, here is a man who is sick, leprous, uh, no cure for this in his day. And he's saying, Lord, I know you can heal me if it's your will. Reckon how many people are praying that same prayer today all over the planet. I know you can if it's your will. Well, what did Jesus tell him? Verse 3, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him and said what? I will. Oh, friend, can you let the Word of God answer your questions? I will. Is it His will? He said, I will. Yeah, but you know, that was, that was for him. That, well, is he a respecter of persons? Well, that was back then. Has he changed? Right? If he's never changed, he's still saying, I will. If he's no respecter of persons, he's saying, I will to you. Hmm? Can you say amen? amen. Say it out loud. It is, it is. God's will. For me to be healed now. Hallelujah. Just like it's His will for you to be saved, for you to be born again, for your sins to be forgiven, it's His will for you to be healed. Jesus said, I will. He reached out His hand, touched Him. I will be clean. And immediately His leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said, See, you tell no man, but go your way, show yourself to the priest. Offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony to them. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said what? What did Jesus say? I'll think about it. Huh? <laughs> Are you reading with me? Yes. Huh? The centurion came and said, Lord, my servant is at home really, really sick and uh, tormented. And Jesus said, verse 7, are you there? Yes. Matthew 8, 7. Jesus said, we'll see if it's the will of God. Because you just never know. You know, uh, we don't understand and the mysterious will of God. And it, it might be, we'll see. Tell me what Jesus said. I will come and, and heal him. I will. You see why I read the first part again, right? When did Jesus say, I won't? I won't minister healing to him. Huh? When? You know, in order for something to be scriptural, you need something for it. Scripture, right? And if you're going to say, well, it's not always God's will for people to be healed, there should be at least one or two examples. In all these people, in all these thousands, think about it. Uh, 10,000 people come uh, on the hillside and Jesus preaches to them and ministers to them. Among 10,000 people, you've got to have some mean people, right? You're going to have some ungodly people, you, right? You're going to have some people that haven't been living right. And 
out of all of those, we couldn't find any that it wasn't God's will to heal? None? None? Come on, can you see what I'm talking about? And yet you've got major doctrines that are built up like, you know, sometimes God is teaching you something through the disease. And, and you know, maybe at some point it's, it's okay for you to be healed, but not yet. You had Well, if you think he is, hurry up and learn your lesson so you can get, get out of this. But that's just not true. I said, it's just not true. It's not true. Thank God, he always said, I will. It is, say it out loud, it is his will for me to be healed, for all to be healed. Hallelujah. It is. It is. And, you know, somebody said, well, I heard you the first time you said that. Yeah, but you don't believe God with your head. You've got to get it settled in your heart to where you're no longer scrutinizing it. You're no longer vacillating. You're no longer wondering. You are 100% fully persuaded, settled on this. And you get to where people can't talk you out of it. You get to where the enemy can't talk you out of it. You get to where feelings and circumstances can't talk you out of it. Come on, can you see this? No, it is his will. He said, I'll come. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Uh, Every one of these individual accounts, you'll see some main truths that are emphasized. Every part of it's true and right and good, but you'll see a main emphasis. And this is one of the main emphasis here. Speak the word only. The word only. And uh, my servant will be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go. And he goes. And to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he, he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily, I say to you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now, this is a statement. You only find two instances in all of these accounts where Jesus marveled and said they had great faith. Too often, even amongst his own team, he would say, where's your faith? Why is it that you have so little faith? How is it that you have no faith? But here, here, he says, he marvels. How many like the idea of Jesus being impressed with your faith? Whew. Now, boy, we're talking about high stuff here. When Jesus saw the man's faith and, said, and marveled, I'm going to paraphrase. I mean, Jesus heard that and he said, wow. He turned around to the crowd, his disciples. He said, I hadn't seen faith like this in the whole country, anywhere in the country here in Israel, which Israel uh, were God's people and 
with, with the covenant of God as where you should find faith. And what you'll see is that you don't find faith where you think you would many times. It's a, it's a surprising thing where you find faith and where you don't. See, you, you would think you would find faith amongst the uh, doctors of the law who spend all their time studying the Word or among the, the Pharisees who were the most strictest sect of keeping the law. And when Jesus said this, this includes the 12 that are with him. Right? Uh, and we'll see uh, also later the, the 70 that he talks about. But um, he said, I haven't seen this kind of faith anywhere in the country. Anywhere. So this is something you and I need to camp on. We need to find out how was this man who wasn't a preacher, who wasn't a, a seminary student, how did he? He's a military man. He's a soldier. How does he get to the point where he's got such great, strong faith that Jesus marvels? <laughs> Come on, say it out loud, Lord. Lord, teach me about this. I want to have faith like this that pleases you. Open my eyes. Help me to see what it is. How he got it. How it works. Thank you for it. Hallelujah. Faith is a choice. I'll go ahead and give you a, a little shortcut to that answer right now. Faith is a choice. If you're taking notes, put it down. If not, mark it on your heart. Say it out loud. Faith is a choice. It's a choice to believe. It's a choice. It's choosing to trust. When people say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't believe all that Christian stuff. I, I just can't believe, you know, all that Bible stuff. No, you said it wrong. You could believe if you would choose to. You're simply choosing not to believe. No such thing as a person who can't believe by, by reason of the nature of faith, what it is. Faith is not based on what you see or what you feel or what you understand. It's the substance of things expected. It's the evidence of things not seen. And so how did you arrive at it? You, you chose to believe it. You heard something, you understood something, and you made a choice that that's right. And I believe it. And I trust it. Hallelujah. And this man did that without any reservations or any restriction or limitation. And the Lord saw it and called it great faith. Hallelujah. It's available to any of us if we'll make that same choice. And we're out of time for our class today. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. As you can see, we've just got this introduced. 
You need to come back with us tomorrow. We'll see you next time soon right here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 